Okay, so here's the thing. Sex is a important part of marriage. Agreed? Yes. It's an important part of marriage. It's not the most important part of marriage. But in a lot of ways, I feel like how you view sex and how you experience sex is a, uh, a thermometer telling you kind of the temperature of your relationship in terms of your connection, right? Sure. Is that Sounds good. I think the, here's the thing is in culture, <laughs> a lot of things today. Here's the thing. <laughs> in culture, sex is so overblown in terms of its importance. We had a friend on a few weeks ago, or actually a few, many months ago, Scott Kadersha. <laughs> he talked about how or one of the things he told us, or we learned from him years ago, was that sex really only represents like 0.06% of, of the time, of the time right? you invest time in your spent. marriage. Yeah, And so culturally, we have this view. You watch TV shows, you watch movies, everything's super hyper-sexualized right your whole identity is hinged on your sexuality in mm -hmm. a sense and so it's very important that we have and we maintain key or healthy perspectives on sex agreed agreed all right so we're gonna talk about that today and so we're gonna talk through some scripture we're gonna uncover five keys to a healthy perspective on sex we pray that it's fruitful in your life i know it's been fruitful in ours and uh, yeah, can't wait to do it. So we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. my head in agreement but i forget that people yeah. can't see my head it's nodding not a, it's not a nod cast it's a podcast dad joke Aren't i give funny? I, I give that one a c minus funny c minus i'm still i'm still growing i need some dad jokes <laughs> listeners can you write in some dad jokes please i need some good quality ones good quality ones good, good quality dad jokes is that an oxymoron <laughs> i feel like a dad that joke be. can't that be quality be. it has to be kind of like I, I don't know anyway super pun based so where are we going today, Selena? You look like you got a you got a direction, and I'm derailing you. No, I'm just <laughs> just along for the ride, I guess. <laughs> no, I think it's just important again to highlight why we're talking about a healthy perspective on sex because our perspective informs our beliefs, right? Which inform our behaviors. And so if we have an inaccurate perspective or our expectations are off because of our perspective, we need to talk about it. We need mm. to realign our beliefs and root them in scripture and understand what God's design and purposes were, were and are for sex. And I feel like those help us have a, a not just healthy, but a godly perspective and that oh. will help direct and navigate us. That's in good. This thing so, called marriage. So how can we have just quickly, how can we have a wrong perspective? And I just want to, as, as a jump off point, and we do have a few no, other things first. we're going to talk about that. You always jump ahead. <laughs> I'm not having it today. Okay. 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 Back off. Back off, man. Okay. So go to your life update. <laughs> we're gonna do a quick life up, life update, just because we want to keep you guys. You are gonna do. We want to keep our awesome listeners on, kind of just understanding on what's the up and up. on the up and up. Thank you. So here's the first fun announcement: is that I am officially enrolled in master's classes at Westminster Theological Seminary. Woohoo! Yes, we actually announced it a couple weeks ago on the podcast, yes. but it was too long, so that part got edited out. <laughs> So here you go. I, I, 
as of the recording of this, I am enrolled and I will be, will have started classes by the time One this class. airs. One class. Because we have a baby due, which is the next life update. <laughs> we like to do all the things. <laughs> yes. Write books. <laughs> be pregnant. No, I like to do all the things, I love apparently. being pregnant. It's super easy. What's, the, what's all the hubbub about? <laughs> Just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's fun. You're, uh, what are you, 32 weeks? 32 weeks. Well, Tomorrow, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So we're about two months out. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be, it'll be, she will be here before we know it. We make girls. We make girls. I love our baby daughters, and I can't wait to have another a third baby daughter. It'll be amazing. <laughs> So I keep saying this, but I'll be a well-cared-for dying old man because of our nurturing daughters. Uh, sorry for all you, you all you men who have sons, because they're not going to care. <laughs> They'd be like, suck it up. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Okay, so that's the second life update. Uh, the third one is, you mentioned it in passing there, we have a manuscript that just, we got it back. So we're yeah. writing a book called See Through Marriage. It's all about transparency, knowing yourself. Uh, seen through yourself, so to speak, seen through each other, mm-hmm. seeing through... Being seen through. Being seen through, yeah, and in community, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that manuscript, we submitted it about a month and a half ago. We got it back from our editor, and we were nervous <laughs> because this was really hard <laughs> yeah. to pull together. It, yeah. it felt like it was way more arduous than we thought it was going to be. It was. It felt harder than our first book but we wrote. we got some good, encouraging, and directive yes. feedback, so... It is. He said the it path was. Is more clear. I feel like. Well, he started out with you both are great writers, and we were like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was expecting him to email us and be like, "We need to talk. <laughs> when can we schedule a call?" <laughs> like, yeah, you're. We're canceling our contract with you. <laughs> That's what I was expecting. No, they they came back with really positive feedback, and Brian, who's our editor, said this is a really important topic. So let's nail it. Let's make sure we get it done right. Yeah. And he had a lot of really constructive, good feedback, kind mm-hmm. of beefing up the weak spots. And so, yeah, we're working on that. And then, uh, then yeah. So we're going to be hopefully front-loading the podcasts uh, so that we can still keep to our weekly schedule, even though we're probably going to take about a month and a half we're off. We're going to try, people. We're going to try, but... When the baby comes. Babies are a lot of work. We may pull out of the archives. We'll see. We might... We'll, we're just going to try to keep the content going, but not at the expense of me and us taking priorities. care of... Priorities. Did we do a whole, like, podcast <laughs> on priorities? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, we did. Yeah. All right. Why don't you go to your housekeeping now? Uh, the, the good folks probably know what I'm going to say. So <laughs> if, if you haven't yet, we would be honored and we would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review in whatever podcast app you use and enjoy, namely iTunes. If you're in iTunes or in the podcast app on your iPhone, mm-hmm. tap the star rating and take a few minutes to write a review. That means a ton to us, helps us get the word out. Second one is we fund this podcast not through advertising, but through Patreon. And Patreon is a platform where creators like us, podcasters, authors, writers, it's unbelievably hard to carve out a living online. It really is. And the margins are always paper thin. And so we've kind of leaned on, and especially going into seminary, lean on our Patreon community to partner with us to keep this platform going forward. And so we can actually do this as a job. And we're so blessed. So, and if you want to be a part of that family, part of that Patreon community, we'd be honored if you would start by praying about it. Yeah. Ask God if this is something that he, you know, maybe if, if it's something that's on your heart, maybe pray through it together in your marriage. And then if you get the okay yeah. and you feel that peace, then uh, hop on board. Just go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Anything helps, $2, $5, $10 a month on up. Um, $10,000. Yeah, I'm just you know, anything above 10000 <laughs> No. No, we're looking for for more partners. We'd rather have fewer, smaller partners than 
like just one huge partner because yes. because that's I feel like the church. That's how the church works. Yes. So anyway, patreon.com slash fierce marriage. And finally, if you have any questions, you can ask those at fierce marriage.com slash podcast. There's a button there, or you can call this number or text 971-333-1120. Okay, so five keys is our five keys to a healthy perspective on sex. Yes, this is our discussion into today. Our discussion today. Yes. And I think we can be transparent about this that we wrote you wrote this article for uh, Focus on the Family. Ever heard of it? And <laughs> okay. we did a video and we decided that the content was we did, we wanted to keep the conversation going. I think there was a word count that we had to stay within. And yes. um, I think there's just so much more to be talked about. I think I had like 2,500 words and, and they're so, like, um, we need about 1,100 words. <laughs> so we so. decided to make it into a podcast episode, which I think is obviously very valuable. Um, it's been helpful for us to mow through it a couple times. Um, I think that God's just been, he's always <laughs> clarifying in what? Mow through it. I think you meant like to mull, mull it over. Mowing through, it's like, you, like you're just like plowing over. Fine, whatever. <laughs> anyway, you it's the pregnancy it brain. No, no, I love it's it. Fine. I love it. I'm not going to edit you. Whatever. You are uncensored. This is uncensored <laughs> Selena. Salty and sweet. Oh, what a treat. And by the way, Selena has been very salty today. <laughs> I thought it was sprightly. That's what you said. Well, you were sprightly, then you evolved into salty. <laughs> I can't even say, I can't even repeat the things you were saying. <laughs> whatever. <really. laughs> they were not bad. Listeners, you would not, you could not imagine the oh, things. Stop. <laughs> Goodness sakes. <laughs> Anyways, we are going to talk about uh, five keys to a healthy perspective on sex. Um, because, again, understanding, <clears throat> bringing understanding and clarity from, uh, through the lens of the gospel and scripture around this area of sex will help us in our marriage, which I think will also help us in our human environment. So squeaky. Squeak. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it'll inform our beliefs, which again, inform our behaviors towards each other. Um, and people will see that, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll it doesn't go unnoticed. Um, mm. So I think you mentioned it at the beginning, you know, the the world's perspective, the culture that we live in today, society, the world's perspective on sex is very different than mm. God's purposes for sex. And so um, a few of those perspectives that, that the world may have are, I feel like they fall under the very self-serving. Mm, yeah. um, this is a very like expression of myself and who I am. And I mean, it is in a way, but I think it's been distorted. I think it's been taking, taken mm. further than I think God intended it. Interesting. I it, don't know. I don't want to put God, words in God's mouth, but I think we, our identity, right, is wrapped in it because it's such a... Well, the sexuality piece the of sexuality it. Piece, so there's yes. sex itself and there's like human sexuality. Right. And the fact that we are sexual beings, in a sense. Yes. Okay. But not, that's not all we are. Right. And I think that's where right. and, and the, the conversation and the, gets... Right. And the cultural conversation is very much like your sexuality determines like what groups you hang out with. It, it right. determines like who you are, especially when you talk about, um, you know, politically speaking. Right. And all that kind of stuff. But also just the act of sex has become, I would say it's commoditized. Yeah. Okay, so there's apps out there where literally the the sole purpose of the app is to help you hook up to have a sexual encounter mm -hmm. without any other semblance of a relationship. Right, right. I don't know the names of them. I know Tinder's one of them. Yeah. There's dating apps. You don't apps. need to list them off. Well, but I'm saying that they, well, okay, but the yeah. people know, they right. know what they are. Right. And so, you know, you, you swipe left or right based 
solely on, hey, do I find you attractive? Right. It's and purely would I, would I like it's, have sex again, with you? What does that boil down to? Being very self-serving. Right? And there may very, be, yeah, there may be instances where and, people use it not with that intent, but I'm saying in general. Right. And what does it boil down to is what you're starting to ask. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very self-serving, but there might also be some insecurities there, right? As a person, you want to be affirmed in Mm -hmm. and maybe you want to feel love in a certain way or Mm -hmm. you want to experience it and unfortunately i feel like that's the the most wrong way you could experience any of that in the in go ahead so no that's right and there's so there's that tinder aspect of it or whatever the the hookup culture right it's it's actually a thing it's not just for sure yeah and Okay, but we're all married people, presumably, or people that value Christian marriage are listening to this podcast. So they're thinking, well, I didn't, we're not using Tinder. Okay, well, that starts to influence that cultural, that, that's just one, I think, the tip of the iceberg. Right. Maybe it's one hyper-visible part of culture. Mm-hmm. But look at, like, Friends. Okay, so the show Friends, or even <laughs> yeah. a, a New Girl. We, we enjoyed watching that show for a little while. It got, mm. We got to the point where we couldn't watch it because it was always about sex. Who's it was always, sex who's having sex like, Yeah. And it's, it's very... And how dem- often was it? Right. And how it's diminishing. Like, good it's, was it? It's, dem- or? it's demeaning in a lot of levels because from our perspective, right, God's created sex on purpose for a few purposes <laughs> and he has boundaries set around it and anything mm. on TV does not... I will go on a limb, but I'm pretty sure most things on TV or any sort of entertainment are not going to fall under these boundaries, right? They're not going to be like, oh, we're just having, you know, sex and marriage. and They're not going to default to godly values in terms of sex. Yeah, right. And so I think it's hard. It's like there's nothing that's like promoting God's way, right? No, it's the opposite. (laughs) Especially on like Netflix and Amazon Prime and wherever you stream. They they all seem to be racing toward a more liberal view of the human sexual experience and human sexuality, meaning that they're not going more toward like home values and it's a single father, a single mother, and they're married and they have a healthy house. Like that's, that's boring apparently. (laughs) And people want more quote unquote, quote fingers right now, relevant content that is culturally woke, hashtag woke. (laughs) And they're throwing out a biblical, like throwing out, tossing out, throwing away the in a lot of in a lot of ways the biblical worldview however presuppositionally everything is hinging on like families existing and people having stability in their lives and then it's like none of that none of those values are being touted in general there are places but i'm saying that's not where the current is headed right and so everything we're talking about today the keys so like i said there's gonna be five keys and we're gonna go through this passage in proverbs five and each one i think could have a contra point like an, an opposite yeah. like if a this is the opposite yeah if this is a key then here's the anti-key right <laughs> <laughs> to use that to coin that phrase it's not right. even a word but it's there's going to be a cultural opposite so maybe right. we'll talk through and that it's maybe. important yeah. yeah it's important for us to talk about these things because again they're not talked about they're not discussed i think as prevalently as as we would like as believers right but even seeing you know you watch a christian movie and it's kind of corny to watch even you know i get it like i get i feel like real God's like mm. transformation happens just in real life and relationships. And so um, anyways, I think we're getting off on a tangent. So let's get back to our conversation. Yeah, yeah let's, do, uh, let's read the Proverbs. Yeah, we're going to read this Proverbs, which we actually read last week as well. And we may have read it the week before, but... Um, Today we're kind this of dividing kind of, it and dicing it up a yeah, little bit more. We're yeah, we're kind of exposit- expository? Exposit- expositing. expositing it. Yeah. Uh, 
and trying to gain, you know, our perspective, have our perspective formed by scripture and not us just, again, coming from our own thinking brains. Um, but Proverbs five fifteen through 19, drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breast fill you at all times with delight, be intoxicated always in her love. So I think you wanted to talk Just, about a little bit of the context behind this as well. And yeah. How, yeah. So <clears throat> this first key is the foundational key. And it's, it's simply this. Sex is inherently good. Okay. And a lot of times, we don't see that in the, in the Proverbs, but hear me out. Because that is really reinforcing the fact that, he, that Solomon is writing this, beckoning the lovers, mm-hmm. you know, a lover and a beloved. This isn't, I mean, that, that language is used throughout the Bible, not specifically here, but um, to come to the well and drink, to partake in this good thing. Water is, in biblically speaking and culturally speaking, it's always been a symbol of life, of flourishing, right. of, of, ne- of necessity. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that this analogy is being used, I think, echoes another biblical point, a bigger biblical point, that sex is inherently good. Mm. Right, and so that's the first and most important thing to understand is that it's not, it's not shameful, it's mm-hmm. not bad. You know, it might feel that way because of maybe you have a sexual past, or maybe um, you've been addicted to mm-hmm. pornography, or you've you've kind of uh, boughten maybe a lie in yeah. terms of human sexuality, and it's starting to feel gross. Or maybe you grew up in a really conservative tradition where mm-hmm. you're basically there's a platonic view of it where like sex is, uh, it's useful only for procreation. Other than that, it's to be avoided it's mm. inherently shameful or it's just it's it's a lower kind of fleshly activity right um, we talked about i think a long time ago sexual platonism which is this goes back all the way to like a hellenistic sort of philosophy which tim is. keller talked about this which is this idea that um the human pursuit should be uh me- uh basically intellectual and spiritual and not physical right mm. and so anything that's physical pleasure or anything that is not an, an intellectual or spiritual pursuit is is low is a lower pursuit gotcha and so that view of things is not um it's it's not right right the bible talks about i mean the in the very beginning of the bible in genesis like it it goes it goes out of the way right to make a point that they the two were naked and unashamed that right. they were one flesh that they they consummated their union and it, it didn't have to say that. Why why did that have to be included? Well, because it's part it's a part of the marriage it's covenant. It's yeah. part of the human way to flourishing. Mm-hmm. Not that you can't flourish outside of marriage. I, I'm just saying that within the big picture, human flourishing, sex is a big part of that. Right. And it's good. Okay. And I, I think ahead. that took me personally, honestly, a long time to come around to. Like I knew that it was good, but growing up in the church of you know, purity and reading all the books and, you know, having the purity tags or the purity rings, all that stuff. The focus is so much on the purity that I didn't have any people in my life to uh, help me understand once I crossed over and made that covenant with my, with Ryan, my spouse, with you. Um, what does that, what does that look like? And not that I need every detail on how to, you know, have a great sexual experience, but 
it was more of just like I could have used some guidance on, you know, yes, this is okay, or some some motherly or womanly counsel. Um, not saying that my mom didn't, but just like you know, uh, mothers in the faith and sisters in Christ, and coming alongside and and sort of painting with a broad brush the picture of what it looks like and why it's okay and just having some of that reassurance i think stepping into that Hmm. um would have probably diminished some of the i wouldn't say there was shame but kind of like gross maybe feeling or like is this okay or i don't know if i like this or you know just kind of those perspectives that have changed as i've gotten older but i think that maybe if i would have had somebody informing me and assuring me a little bit more it would have been a different experience just under this whole idea that sex is good okay why is it good why is it okay for the for me to enjoy this or not or whatever so and the the, the, that feeling that you're echoing now i think is the result of a pendulum switch in culture right around the 50s 60s 70s sexual revolution yeah and so the culture has that same feeling that you have has caused the pendulum switch again yeah. shift in the in the you know the sexual revolution so right. a lot of the you know sexual self-expression free love movements mm-hmm. all these sorts of things are the result of an an uh an improperly prudent uh what's the prudish improperly prudish view of sex mm. and it was it was perpetuated in, in a lot of the early churches of you know the 1900s mm-hmm. uh, the 19th and 20th centuries and because it was just like this Hellenistic view that is not right. good. And right. it's anti-biblical. Like God made sex. He, he made it. It's, it has good purposes. But here's the other thing and is that it's also, it, it, it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like God did not have to create human sexuality the way he did. Right. Where it feels good. You want it. You, after a period of time, you desire it and you seek it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, he didn't have to create it to to have this spiritual component to it where Could there's just the... sneezed <laughs> ah, shoot, pregnant oh shoot <laughs> uh, <laughs> just kidding well i mean but you, you were when laughing you but really the, you could yeah, have when you think about the way that god created things he absolutely could have created it very differently yeah and it's not and, and it speaks to it and it's not even a physical and, yeah. thing where like we're hugging like it's not just a right. hug and boom pregnant it's like <laughs> it's very involved i'm not going to get into the details but uh, you, sex, his sex is very involved and yes. it's uh, a very uh, active thing. So, okay. So that's the underlying key, the underlying premise. The very first key is that sex is good from a biblical standpoint. We're not just here saying that. And in the right context. In the right context. Right. Yes. Which and that, is marriage. And the rest of this is kind of within that that framework of it's good in the right context, which is a marriage between one man, one woman for life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Key number two. Is there you go. Healthy sex requires mindful engagement. So if we look, I feel like this was kind of your point. <laughs> look at the beginning of the passage. That the Solomon's point. Uh, yes. Let's be honest. Let's <laughs> give credit where credit is due. <laughs> uh, drink water from your own cistern. I feel like you really drove this point home, though. I really like how you said it. Um, or how you wrote it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very, like, active and engaging word. It's It's drink water from your own cistern so there's an active word of drink if we just get mm-hmm. down into like grammar right yeah and yep. then water yeah take yeah. it away yeah so a cistern <laughs> okay i didn't have to, i had to look this up i had to look this up because i wasn't completely clear on it but it's basically a tank for storing 
water. So I'm thinking back in these, you know, biblical times, right. it would have been any sort of basin that was used as kind of to, to regulate and to average out the flow of water. So it was a precious resource, right? right? And so he's saying like, that is a precious resource. It's for you. It's specifically for you. For now, life, for, for health. For life, for health, for nourishment, yep. for the, the going about the business of your home. This is your water. Drink of it. It's mm. not just a, hey, look how pretty the water is or feel how wet it is or <laughs> or, oh <my. laughs> or anything like that. He's saying, L- bring this into your own body, mm-hmm. into your own person. Let it nourish you for mm. the good thing that it is, the good blessing that it is. And so I think so often what happens in the area of sex in our own lives, right? Assuming we have a good perspective on it, things like that. We don't mindfully engage in it, right? In what mm-hmm. in what insane life do we expect anything to flourish if without zero um, investment, other than in marriage? <laughs> I feel like that's the default in marriage, where right. it's like a lot of couples are like, yeah, I'm really working on my career and it's going everywhere, or we're really working on our house and it's getting better, or working on going to the gym. Like we're, no one's, we're like, how are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, like no one, no one is like, I'm gonna get in better shape. Well, are you going to the gym? Pfft, no. Why would I do that? <laughs> Right, right. There's some correlations here. Okay, but everybody does that with their marriage. That's the thing is they think that their marriage is just going to automatically be awesome. It's just going to happen to us. And especially around the idea of their sex life. Because because of culture again. (laughs) Thank you. Continually, you can't derail this. I'm on, I'm a train. I'm going A to B right now. Go. So continually, we have to continually investing in it, but because of culture, we we tend to think, well, it should just happen spontaneously and it should be this rapturous affair. Right. It should be this amazing thing and it takes zero investment other than I just show up. And that's not what he's saying. He's saying drink. <laughs> right. Be active in this. Engage. Be active, yeah. Invest. If we believe that it's good, then we can feel free to yes. actively participate. We can feel free to let sex be what it's designed to be. As we discussed, it is good right. inherently. Right. So here's the deal is life gets busy. It does. So it's really easy to go about the business of life and let the the water of the cistern. Okay. Just using this analogy again, <laughs> just use it for the functional purposes of it. Like I'm going right. to use it to wash my feet. I'm going to use it to wash the dishes. I'm going to use it to uh, cook the food. Right. But those are all external of uses of this. Right. And Solomon is saying, drink. 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 Let it nourish you. Don't use it for uh, some other ends, but let it nourish mm. your... Now, obviously, your whole marriage is not based on your sex life. Your whole marriage will not be fixed if you just figure out how to have sex. We believe sex is a beautiful expression of a current and an, an, uh, a tone and the temperature of your marriage mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. and, it do- and it serves to amplify and deepen yeah. and strengthen those bonds. Yeah. So I think, anyway, that's the second key. Did I miss anything? No, I think, like you said, when life gets busy, we just, our deepest desires as mm, a yep. couple are to be intentional and to have that deep connection, right? We want, yeah. we want, I think, so much out of sex that we, but we're not ready or willing or aware of the fact that we need to invest into it and yeah. we need to be engaged in it. Mm-hmm. And so if you are, if you do feel like this area of your marriage is is dry and you're thirsty and you want to drink of your cistern, look at your, I mean, just look at your schedule, right? Like, uh, is this getting bad? <laughs> drink of your cistern. <laughs> look at your schedule. What is taking the time and the money and the resources out yeah. of you, why, and why are why are you allowing those things to happen? Are those 
good and biblical or mm. are they deterring from you know the priorities and things that god mm-hmm. has put in or people that god has put in your life namely your spouse yeah so these all kind of hinge on this idea of understanding our margins right as people and we'll talk about that a little bit further in an, in another um in another part of this but we're not unlimited people. You have right. limits. You have to know that you have limits and you need to invest in things that are important. And I think mindfully engaging in your sex life. So tangibly speaking, like you said, you get tired, busy, all that sort of thing. Ask yourself what's keeping you tired and busy so you can't tangibly or you can't actually engage in this stuff. Right. But also engage in a sense, if you think it's okay, have conversations around it. I think a lot of couples are you scared. Think it's okay. It is okay. <laughs> well, but I mean, if, if, if we, if you agree in key number one, that it is inherently good, right? then why do we feel like we can't talk about it and say like, Hey, I really like this thing that, that we did, or I dislike right. this thing and engaging in that and saying, Hey, what, what if we, how can we make this um, more meaningful? Mm. Not just, you know, not just do more bizarre things. That's not what I'm saying. Not, you know, not try tricks right. and things like that. <laughs> front flip. <laughs> oh my god! I really liked it when you did the front flip last time. I'm going to try a gainer this time. Oh my goodness. But it's talking about engaging in it and investing in right. your sex life, right. I think is what, is what this passage is leading us to believe. And it, and it is within the context of the bigger passage, which is against um, fighting against adultery. Right. So he's saying, um, drink of your cistern. Engage in your sister. Don't be distracted. Right. Don't be distracted by external things, but engage in and, and drink and partake of what your gift is, what right. your overflowing spring is. Which, which leads us right into our yeah. third key here, which is sex is designed to be radically exclusive. Yeah. And, you know, we're all pretty much like Christian couples. I think most of us listening to the podcast. Vast majority. Yeah. Vast majority. Stats would probably show. Um, and, you know, we all understand the covenant of marriage. It's a sacred place. Um, and Solomon and his audience would have shared the same understanding. Mm-hmm. So what what is he saying when he writes, uh, I forget what verse, but should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets? Yeah. Uh, let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Yeah. And like you said, this is given the full intent, the intent of the full chapter, the warning against adultery. I think that's yeah. like the, the, big, the, heading, the yeah. big letters up above, right? He was imploring young men and women to understand the full meaning of sex and how living impure and promiscuous lives can really only lead to pain and, and death and all the bad things, right? And mm-hmm. the streets that Solomon was referring to were would probably probably be very dirty. Um, the, right. They don't have the piping that we do these days, right, in, right. The, in our modern <laughs> civilization. So it, it, it's just a, a very visual an experiential picture that he's trying to paint here yeah. in order for us to you think and say something. Well, I think you and I were talking, remember, and yeah. you were talking about how a cistern is also differentiated from a well right. in that it is sealed in a, in, in a, in a way a that keeps the purity. Yeah. Right. The purity of it yeah. is intact. Yeah. And so he's contrasting against against the, the opposite, which is like, instead of it being sealed mm-hmm. and kept pure, you're basically broadcasting it onto the streets. And again, like you said, it's in the context of this greater warning against adultery. Right. Why should your springs be scattered abroad for all? Right. And so what does that look like practically? Right. I think a lot of couples will come to us, and I do mean a lot. Yeah. We'll say, well, what's what's wrong with pornography? Like, it's just a guy will say this, and or, or, or a wife, and say, well, no one's being hurt by it. Like, my spouse doesn't really care. Even it if arouses to, us, right? It arouses like, us. It's, or in secular it circles. It better. They'll be like, hey. 
there's no big deal. Like, I'm not in the mood for sex. So he or she, they'll just go, right. just go satisfy yourself. And it's fine. And no one gets hurt. No mm. harm, no foul. And I couldn't disagree with that more. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> introducing pornography into your life. Into your marriage. And into your yeah. marriage is not only harmful to you spiritually, it's not, it is psychologically damaging. There's yeah. research, you guys. Right. This is not just, I'm not just You've heard spouting this. Yeah. There's it's... research done by people who don't share the worldview that we share. Right. People that say that pornography is culturally corrosive and yes. psychologically damaging. Yes. So it's amazing how the, the, the word of God holds up even now. Yes. <laughs> when Solomon knew that this, it was, it would have been tempting to do this, right. to let our water, so to speak, be spread and broadcast for all. Shared. Shared. Yes. Or to bring anything in. Yes. Um, how that would be damaging and that would inhibit the, the flourishing of our sex life. And so again, sex is designed, it's key three, to be right. radically exclusive. Uh, don't bring anything in. Don't and bring, I think, yeah, and yeah. I think it's to really preserve that purity within the mm -hmm. marriage bed. It's for your good, for God's glory, and we have to trust his design and purpose in that. That's good, yeah. And I think that comes, that's where it comes down to is we are choosing either God's way or our way. Because I don't. I don't believe, we don't believe that God says mm. pornography is okay for, under any circumstance. No, no, yeah. And so, it, truly, and, and to be honest, I can only imagine, because we've never watched it together, obviously, but I can't imagine watching someone else do that and then being inspired to go and do it myself, honestly. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> inspiration may not be the right word. Not that, well, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm aroused to go do that right, myself. Right. I mean, if we're honest here, let's let's be honest. The thing, I think it would make me feel even more insecure. It would be objectifying and dehumanizing someone else. And mm. I think one of the most mm. beautiful and aspects and things that I really enjoy about us is that it's just us and that I feel safe in that and that I don't, yeah. I'm not compared to anyone or anything and mm. there's a lot of assurance in there which helps me be confident and helps me to enjoy it and to not right you question know it and to not you hadn't just we hadn't just watched something together and now you're comparing yourself and right so that's that's one way about to go about <laughs> it the other way is a lot of you know if, if a husband or a wife they're addicted to this yeah it has a way of kind of of leaching into mm -hmm. your cistern, right? Yeah. If I'm watching pornography or the husband or, or you're watching pornography or... I would even venture even to say like you're reading a book that is very suggestive or mm -hmm. you're watching a show that is very suggestive. Yeah. Not just necessarily like... And so what happens is it starts to contaminate where I... You right. know, I'm just going to use myself as we'll an example. Start questioning. Yeah, and hypothetically. Right. And I guess this has happened early on in our marriage where, you know, I'd maybe see something either in a movie or, or online or wherever. Yeah. And I would, in my head, think, well, maybe I can get Selena to do that thing. Mm. Or, and we've talked you to people. You know I can't do backflips. <laughs> Front flips, yes. <laughs> backflips, they're, they're not in the cards. Uh -uh. But <laughs> I'll sorry. stop watching backflip videos on YouTube. <laughs> sorry. I'm going to derail you. Just getting a little heavy. Sorry. But you start to have these expectations on each other. Yeah. And this happens on both sides. I'm not saying it's it a six, a it wife does. could say, well, you're not as nurturing as this guy that I'm reading about in this fictional book. Or maybe your past sexual experience. You or know? that, yeah. And so, oh man. And so there's this sense that you have to kind of, you have to draw that line, seal off the cistern. Right. Seal it off. Now, your past sexual experience may not make that easy. Right. It may make that difficult. Mm -hmm. Or if you've been abused in the past, right. or if you have, 
you know, if there's long-standing addiction mm-hmm. or there's just any depression or anxiety or things or anything that could kind of end up making you vulnerable to that leaching of yeah. things coming in. Now, leaching is a word that it is typically used when water sources get contaminated, right? So that's why I'm saying leaching. I hope that's not an unfamiliar word. And I was like, leeches? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. But what I'm saying is that we have to seal that off. And that is a process of sanctification. It's a process of letting the right. gospel come in and heal. Uh, I do want to have a caveat here before we head into our, our fourth key, is that this is all accessible to anyone who puts their faith in Christ and anyone who trusts God's design. Mm-hmm. Regardless of your past, regardless of you know sin, past uh, maybe adultery, past unfaithfulness, past mm-hmm. f- fractured brokenness, anything in your marriage, this is, ex- this is available to you. Mm. And that we serve a God who is in the business mm. of healing the broken He's in the business of healing the sick. He's in the business of shining light in the darkness. He's in the business of bringing life where there is death. He doesn't grow tired of this. No. He doesn't grow tired. He and he's not surprised. Weary. He's not surprised. <laughs> yeah. He, Our neediness is not new to him, and it, it, he never grows tired of it. Mm. And he uses it. Sorry, that was thank Sunday's you. part of Sunday's sermon, and I was mm. just like, oh, no, thank you. It's done. Thank you, Lord. Like, well, I think this we is can, so good. Particularly around this topic, we can start to feel like, ah, I can't go back to God again. This is, <laughs> yeah. That last one was the last time. <laughs> the last time he's going to listen to me confessing this or expressing my frustration or angst around this well, topic. Well, we just sometimes we throw in the towel, right? We just want to give up. It seems easier. But Yeah. And what the reminder is that that is the business God is in. Is mm. He's in the redemption business. Yeah. And um, he loves you enough to see you through to the end. Yeah. And you know what? When we trust him, it's not a guarantee that everything will be perfect. It's yeah. not a guarantee that we'll even experience full healing on this side of eternity. Mm. But it is a guarantee that we'll have more than we need in Christ himself. We'll have all we need for life and godliness mm. in him and get this satisfaction. Because as much as we try to drink from this well, sidebar, Jesus is the living water. Mm. He's a living water that he will never, we will never need to drink again. Mm-hmm. He will satisfy us into eternity. Right. And so as long as we're sticking with this analogy, I just want to make that reminder that you will never be completely quenched by this. So let's put all of our hope and faith in Christ, not right. in this well. Yes, it's good, but it's not ultimate. Right. And so again, caveat, I'll do a recap real fast and we'll have to head into key number four. Uh, the first key is that God, that, that God made sex inherently good. Mm-hmm. That's seen in scripture throughout, throughout. Uh, the second key is that healthy sex requires mindful engagement. The, the third one is that sex is designed to be radically exclusive. And now the fourth one, and you started touching on this, but it, it's rooted in friendship. Right. So right. This, let's read the passage. Go back up here. Um, he says, let them, let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. We joke uh, about this because you, you always just say rejoice in the wife. You are the wife of my youth. And I try to forget the like graceful doe part because I'm just like, well, I don't feel that. In my youth. I am not a lovely was, deer or a graceful I was venturing doe. on the countryside and I saw this <laughs> lovely deer prancing among oh the reeds. Oh my, oh my. And I said, let her breasts fill oh, me. Oh, stop. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, uh, we're going to have to delete says. that. Let her breasts delete fill you it. At, at all times with delight. I didn't say that at 16. That would have no. been really weird. Creepers. Um But so... Well, I think the call back here is it's the wife of your youth. Why does he say wife of your youth? He's he's hearkening. Is that, is that a good word? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds <laughs> I've like never said goes. that one before. 
it felt better in my I head. I think he's summoning like a memory, right? Yeah. Remember, and maybe you're not young anymore, right? Or he's just saying, remember when you had these past experiences, remember who that person mm-hmm. was and rem- and you knew them, you know them, the wife of your youth, mm. the person that you were together and, with. And what is our youthful relationship? What is our dating relationship? If not a chronology of our friendship, right? if not a chronology of our connection emotionally mm-hmm. and relationally that led us to this place of of learning to love each other Absolutely. as Christ loved us. Absolutely. And so he's he is tuning our ears to that in contrast to the opposite to the first I don't know 14 verses when he's talking about <laughs> hey listen this adulteress this whatever this temptation that you're you're tempted to go after right. it's leading to death it will kill you right. it will poison you and instead remember back to the wife of your youth this pure relationship this right. friendship that you have and you had and let that be a reminder to you. I think that's I think that's helped us in the past as well, like really guard our hearts and our minds, right? Against mm. fantasizing, I guess would be the right word, about some being with someone else or what if I had married this person instead of that person, right? right. Because mm. I look back and I think we have so much life that we've done together. We have so many memories we've shared, so many experiences. I can't imagine messing that up or not having that anymore. Hmm. Like that just being broken and that being different. Like you are the only person I've wanted to ever share those memories Hmm. with and want to continue making memories with and having and sharing our lives together. Like that, that has been, I think the foundation a lot Hmm. of times for our relationship. We let, why do we laugh together at the office and parks and rec and things that just, because it really, it just illustrates our friendship. It really expresses our friendship. We we laugh at silly things that only you and I have grown to laugh at. <laughs> and yeah. we joke about certain things and we're constantly, you, you're the one I wanna tell things to. Like right. you're the one I wanna share things with. I don't, I mean, I do wanna share things with other friends, but I know what you mean. you're the one that I wanna talk, talk God about, you know, <laughs> talk well, it's, and, God and, with. And about. that's, <laughs> I fully agree. I fully agree. And I think most couples agree. The problem is, is when we don't feel like we're there, because there are times in our friendship that I don't feel like being friends with you. I'm just irritated and hurt and frustrated. And because you hurt me. Yeah. Because you hurt my feelings. Just a little wimp. (laughs) (laughs) There she is, folks. There she is. Call me a wimp. No, I think our friendship, I think there's, when we are disengaged, when we're not intentional with our time with each other, we're not going on dates, we're not spending time connecting outside mm, of like the mm-hmm. bedroom which we'll get to but that is where our friendship really starts to break down and that's where we might start looking other places for that which mm. is again why we have you and i talk about this a lot on the podcast of just having making sure we have same sex friends not saying that you can't have right i can't have a guy friend but that guy friend has a, a wife who i am more friends with than i am with him <laughs> like yeah that's we are we're couples and friends i'm not going meeting a guy for coffee like an old high school friend or something like that there's there's never a one-on-one like encounter no matter what it is because yeah if we really understand the purpose and design of friendship Ooh. and where it can lead to, I think it can be obviously very detrimental to our marriage, especially if there's distance and disengagement mm-hmm. and coldness. And it's definitely, um, and you're not saying this, is it's, it's, it's not impossible to have a friend of an opposite sex. Right. But I think there is appropriate interaction, inappropriate interaction. Right. Knowing that usually friendship 
will will start to lead down this path right because you and i when we laugh and we're engaging and we're actively like nurturing this friendship and just enjoying each other it's like i want to be even more close to you right i mean that just happened when we were dating we would have such great times together that yeah i'd want to snuggle up with you or i'd want to you know kiss your face or something (laughs) Um, come here kiss your face (laughs) you know it's a natural like expression and result of the well, interaction that, that we're having in our friendship and if we're forgetting our friendship at home yeah the, there's holes in our and mm. like our desires are not being met our needs are not being met in certain ways and so if we're times, not yeah. careful around this maybe you have a coworker of mm. the opposite sex and you think you know what we just work in the same department or whatever mm. or we work in, in close proximity you know and we just we laugh a lot hey what let's just grab coffee or whatever and it starts becoming like this yeah. now, now that person's nurturing this or, or filling this void right and you, most affairs do not start just like, hey, let's go have sex and have an affair. Right. Hey, you want to you want to have an affair later? No, it's, it's not necessarily a hookup, right? It's a, it's it's I, you're feeling a void, and now I'm emotionally invested, and now physically right. we're going to go there. Right. And so that's that's guarding against that. So Solomon is reminding us mm. to get back to the scripture. He's reminding us of that friendship because that friendship, what you described five minutes ago. Is very true. Like, there's no one else I want to share my life with. There's no one else I want to laugh with. There's no one else I get more joy hanging out with. No one makes me <laughs> laugh harder than you make me. No Same. one burns me harder than you burn me. It's and it's amazing. I it's love true. it. Salty and sweet. Oh, what a treat! <laughs> one day I'm gonna have a t-shirt. <laughs> Selena's special sauce. Oh my goodness. So Solomon's reminding. He's reminding us <laughs> to 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 go there in, yeah. in our minds and say, "Remember the wife of your youth." Mm-hmm. And then he says, "What." He says what? I want to look it up. He says, always be, rejoice the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, graceful doe. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. So in other words, find delight in her, mm. in, in him, in that person of your, the, the spouse of your youth. And if you're not feeling it, remember it. Rejoice in it. Yeah. Sometimes Choose the, to rejoice in Sometimes it. the feelings start with a remembering, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. And so how do you get back there if you feel like your friendship is is wavering um start with some dates mm. some intentional time together talk interact put your phones down mm-hmm. even you know sometimes it's just doing something like walking i don't know it sounds simple but when i'm walking with you or we're doing something with our hands or like we're tangibly doing something it helps to alleviate like just sitting and staring at each other and like thinking of something to talk yeah. about right and so i mean plus there's i mean there's lots of books and things you can talk about but if you just need to connect like plan to just go do something simple mm-hmm. do outside. something that's out of your normal rhythm yeah. we can get so meta about our relationships and like hey let's talk about our relationship when you just you just have you just no, you have a relationship spend time together yeah and just be and just go do something fun i think right. some of the best experiences we've had have been things that we weren't planning yeah and we just went and had an adventure together and maybe right. we did something that was physically hard. Every year we do this uh, turkey trot and I always, I always Every year, it. except for the, except, I know, and I've done the 10K like three times, two times. Yeah, I always do the 5K, let's just But you honest. do it with the kids and you're so great and you do it with mm-hmm. another friend's husband. And this year I'm like, um, that's like three weeks after I give birth. I don't even know if I can walk the 5K after that. I'll, I'll have you in a wheelchair. It'll be a beautiful <laughs> you're thing. Terrible. You're be terrible. It'll be beautiful. So talking about enjoyment key number five sex is to be enjoyed immensely Mm. and you know honest question have you and your spouse ever been so intensely involved in your sexual experience that you forgot everything else i would say uh, are you asking me rhetorical (laughs) 
It doesn't have to be rhetorical. I mean, well, there, yes, obviously we've had that. There are, well, it's not all the time. I don't want people to feel like. No, it's not all the time. There are the, the there are those. I'm just kidding. I don't want to sound weird, but the word that I want to use here is it's it's uh, transcendent. That's the sure. word, and it's, I don't mean in a spirit. It it is spiritual in a sense, in that we are spiritual yes. beings. But there's something that feels otherworldly when you are just forgetting. Well, it's because it's, kind of where you end and it and becomes begin. soul deep, right? Yes. And it's something that we can only experience, I believe, in the covenant of marriage. And I think that, yeah, okay, maybe you've been with somebody for a long time and you've had that sexual encounter, but there's there's no commitment there. There's no actual like this mm. is forever. I'm. I am bound to you and I want to be and we're going to work through all of this. Like there is God's purpose and design for marriage is and part of this part of his purpose and design is for sex to be enjoyed, not just Mm -hmm. physically, but also spiritually, emotionally. And all of those pieces together, I feel like definitely take you to that next level of enjoyment. And he designed Mm -hmm. it that way. And it makes me want to come back to you i don't want to do that with anybody else i personally it sounds scary and weird and like there's no there's no assurance with you there's this familiarity there's this safeness there's this again assurance that helps me be confident in in loving you Mm -hmm. and allowing you to love me because i know you i trust you there's there's all this history and friendship and it naturally leads to this next one right and that's what solomon did and if you're wondering where are we getting this, that it needs to be enjoyed immensely. It's the final verse in our passage is let a breast fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always hmm. in her love. Where in the Bible do we hear the word intoxicated used in a positive light? Right. <laughs> Not, Not many often. places, Mm-mm. but um, but you, I think you, when you do see it, it's around this idea of being intoxicated in love. It's almost like, it's almost as if God knows <laughs> That sex is intoxicating. Knows. He created, he created it. it that way. Yes. And Solomon knows it. And, right. you know, he's the wisest man who ever lived. He's saying, be intoxicated always mm. in her love. He's urging us, married couple, you, married couple, mm-hmm. to, he's not just encouraging, he's urging us mm-hmm. to let this happen on a regular basis. Mm. So many times... <laughs> We want it. We know where we, we know we've kind of been there. You might want to go back there, but we can't seem to get there. You can't seem to, to find your way back to this, like mm-hmm. this experiential, um, um, part of it. Intoxicating experience. <laughs> yeah. So how do we get there? That's the thing is that that's, I want to get practical is right. how do we get there as a couple? So I think it, it, it stems around margin. Right. Okay, early on, we talked about, um, understanding your margin. There's a verse that I would, I would urge you to commit it to memory. It's very short. It's Psalm ninety twelve. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Mm. We are not infinite people. Right. God is infinite. We're not God. He is God. We are human. Right. He's immortal. We are mortal. Right. In a sense, right? He's given us immortal and his souls. His graciousness and love, he does that. He's we try to, us that way. We try to live omniscient lives right. where I can just work whatever I want to work and I'm not I don't need to invest or spend time with you. Right. Um I just say, well, I want this experience. So I think, and that comes from, sorry, this is answering the question of how much time do you actually spend together outside of the bedroom? And that comes back to right. heating your, your, your limits. Right. Our, your the limits. quality of, yeah, our intimacy, we've, we've found it to be directly proportional to, to two things. One of what you're saying is how much time we spend together outside the bedroom. 
Mm-hmm. And how so how much time, again, are we investing in each other? How much time are we spending just laughing and being together? Are we constant? Are you just constantly going to work and we're constantly, I'm constantly carting the kids around. Oh, let's question all of that. Let's oh. ask, let's question that. Because if that is, if we are not able to have real intimacy because of some of those things, there needs to be a shift. Mm. And there needs to be some hard question a- questions asked and some hard answers given. Yeah. But all with the, f- the trust that God has created this system and this order for our flourishment, for our good and for his glory. Yeah. So, the, yeah, how much time are we spending out outside the bedroom together? And yeah. then you were going to say this, but how much time are we spending or how much time are we giving ourselves inside mm. the bedroom? Mm-hmm. So it's funny. We, we, yeah, we, we <laughs> think it's just going to magically happen. You right. got to give yourself some time right. to let this process unfold. Yeah. And don't just jump cut right to the chase every time. There are instances where that's okay. Mm-hmm. And we talk about it a lot. The Spectrum of Sex is a great podcast episode. We wrote, search our website. You can find it. Sometimes they're fast. Sometimes they're slow. Sometimes it's like a race car. Other times it's like a freight train. Right. But the common thread is that we are connecting and at we've a agreed. soul deep level. And we've agreed that yes. this is what this experience is going to be like for whatever reason and mm-hmm. for the f- factors that are involved, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I guess I would just ask the question of, you know, how do you open up more time? And yeah. Selene, you asked that. But how do you... and We've recently, I think, fallen out of those rhythms because mm-hmm. of summer and things have gotten difficult and uh, we had some fights over it. But by God's grace, we found our way back mm-hmm. to a, a place of, you know, health and in this area particularly. Right, which is just reinf- every area. It's just reinforced yeah. our boundaries and yeah. why we established them in the first place yeah. um, because <laughs> we need to. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line is this, and we'll start to wrap this up here, but the big, big idea, the big picture is that God made sex and it's good. It's for our enjoyment. And we have to constantly constantly be recalibrating our perspective on sex if mm-hmm. we are to experience health in this awesome relationship of marriage that he's given yeah. us. And recalibrating means going back to his word and letting it tell us what to think about sex and not letting the world tell us what to think mm-hmm. about sex. So the first one is that. Sex is good. The second one is that healthy sex requires mindful engagement. Don't be afraid to to give your to to go there yeah. and mentally and to drink of your well, as Solomon talks about. Cistern. Drink of your cistern. Difference. Different from a well. Uh, <laughs> key number three is sex is designed to be radically exclusive. Don't let anything contaminate that cistern. Mm-hmm. Keep it sealed off. You're not missing Keep out it on sacred. anything. Yeah. Hebrews he talks about letting your marriage bed be kept pure and undefiled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it's talking about. Trust Be that. Be vigilant. Live Trust that. that it's yeah. worth it. Uh, the fourth key is it's rooted in friendship. If ever you feel disconnected, start with your friendship. Every time we talk about dating, it's always just a means to an end of getting to your friendship. Mm-hmm. Go to a restaurant. Why? So you can talk. Put your phone down. Why? So you can talk. <laughs> Go do something fun. Why? So you can talk and experience it together. <laughs> yes. It's all about experiencing your friendship, which is into the fifth key, which is uh, sex is to be enjoyed immensely. I mean, and I just, I think that's a a clarion call mm-hmm. to married couples to just let go. Yeah. Like let go and trust that it's good. Trust all these other four keys and just enjoy Yeah, and be intoxicated in a way that is God honoring mm-hmm. and God blessed and God glorifying. So if you're trying to find ways back, I think we have a um, ways back to your cistern, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some uh, conversation points that you would give to couples? Definitely start just talk about your current perspective and expectations around sex. Are they, are they built on God's word or are they, have they been of the selfish nature, you Mm. know, just to kind of Mm. 
feel good about yourselves or whatever why why are we why are we having sex what purpose is it serving have a conversation around it maybe ask if both of you guys can Mm. listen to this episode and talk about it um and why would what would be a healthy change that god might illuminate for you i guess that's good phenomenal phenomenal (laughs) thanks selena you're awesome you mind praying for us as we close this episode out I love how you have me pray for the, like the sex episodes. Well, you should pray for the sex. Just do it. <laughs> oh, God, thank you so much for every person listening. And I pray that you would continue to lead us and to bring light and truth to this area of sex within marriage. And I pray that you would bring continual healing and redemption in areas that we are experiencing pain and frustration in and thank you for all that you do through fierce marriage and through this um, platform we pray that your words would uh, bear weight on the hearts of the listeners we love you god in your name amen amen yeah you guys god has given us this amazing gift of sex and it is not just it's not an end in itself but it's a means to a greater end of our enjoyment and of god's glory and Mm -hmm. of health Mm-hmm. And so if we really believe, okay, just even this one passage, and again, this is an echo all throughout scripture, in not all throughout, but in very key places in scripture <laughs> where sex is talked about, it's talked about at, in, in light of being something that's good. Mm. So I think this is just an encouragement just to know that and to yeah. trust that it's good and enjoy that and let it be a uh, an expression of your trust in God, mm. an expression of your trust in his word as you step his through design. these things yeah. um, and his design. Yeah. So definitely get get into uh, Proverbs 5. I think it's verses 15 through 19. Read those. Um, talk about them with your spouse, like Selena said. But anyway, we can go on and on. But this mm-hmm. episode is... And they can. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much once again for joining us on the Fierce Marriage Podcast. <laughs> and until next time... Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If our ministry has blessed you, we'd be honored to partner with you on Patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage. There are benefits to being a partner, but more than anything, you get to be part of making the Fierce Marriage Podcast possible. To learn more, go to Patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Fierce Marriage. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.